What's up, everybody? It is Thursday night. We've got some football coming up on tap in, man, just about, I guess, an hour and a half or so. If you are tuning in live to our broadcast, this is the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast, part of the Cincy Jungle Podcast Network. I'm Anthony Cazenza, joined and flanked by the man, the myth, the legend, the brains of the show, the brains of the operation, John Sheeran. What's going on, my man? Nothing much. Um, It'll be funny if, you know, after the fact that panthers bears game that's about to start two hours since of being good i don't think it will be but it'll be funny to kind of look back and say hey that was maybe the game of the year not predicting that <laughs> yeah, well we're going to talk about a team that uh i think a lot of people viewed in the same vein as the carolina panthers top pick quarterback probably rebuild year maybe you're talking you know three wins or so for the year type of thing and all of a sudden, the Bengals' opponent this week, the Houston Texans, are playing a lot better football than a lot of people anticipated. Uh, their quarterback is playing awesome, and we're going to preview that in just a second. We're going to bring on our special guest in one minute. Just want to remind folks, if you are new here, welcome. We appreciate the support, the continued support uh, for those who have been with us for a long time. Or, if, you, like I said, if you're a newbie, we welcome you as well. If you are uh, watching us on our YouTube channel, you can subscribe underneath John uh, there is a show icon, Orange or Black Insider show icon by the Cincy Jungle icon. Click that to subscribe. Click the bell to be notified when new content is available. And when we go live, bring on special guests like the one we're going to bring on in just a second. And of course, you got to give a thumbs up if you like what we're doing on, on the videos here. So we appreciate the support there. And then, of course, you can catch all of the other Cincy Jungle podcasts on its channel on the audio side iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, uh, Amazon Music, uh, all the major ones. We are there. Go subscribe. Leave us a review if you can. You'll you'll catch our episodes. You will catch Three and Out with Jason and Kevin. They had a fun live show last night as well, so go check that one out. And, of course, Talking Football with Bengal Jim and Friends and the coach doing his thing with Coach Speak and uh, Chalk Talk, Matt Minnick. All right, well, we're going to bring on our – Houston Texans representative, John. And I, I gotta tell you, he came in with a little bravado, which I like. I said, I asked, you know, is it is it Bar Barzia or Barzilla? And he said, it's Barzilla like Godzilla. So Scott Barzilla coming in, joining us from SB Nation's Battle Red blog, talking about the Bengals and the Texans, giving us the inside scoop. Scott, how are you? I'm doing great. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. And and it's not really bravado so much as it goes back, <laughs> goes back to first grade, and that was the first joke that you know that came out. So yeah, I've heard hey, it for a while. I, 
Either way, I like it. I like I like it. You, you came in with some gusto. I like it. And uh, yeah, no, at grade school, I mean, my last name, Cosenza. I mean, I always had that, you know, I got all kinds of different credenza and all kinds of Costanza was one I heard a lot all the time, too. But anyway, we're not here to talk about that. We are here to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals and the Houston Texans. Scott, I'm just going to start kind of broad and I guess a little blunt with you here. How surprised are you at not only the development of C.J. Stroud at this point, but also that the Texans are four and four kind of still in the mix of things. And really when you look at it, just a game back from the, where the Cincinnati Bengals are at this point. Uh, I'm, I'm very surprised overall. Um, I'd have to sit there and say, you know, I, I kind of flipped this around on you guys and I'd sit there and ask, you know, when did y'all know that Joe Burrow was Joe Burrow? And that's, that's kind of the question mm. that we're dealing with here because, you know, CJ Stroud, very, you know, very impressive, obviously on Sunday, you know, the player of the week, you know, uh, toast of the town, but you know, really, in order to be a, that franchise guy, you have to do it multiple times. So he's not quite there yet, but you know, he he's in that you know kind of that conversation, kind of like y'all were, you know, a few years ago with Burrow, when all of a sudden, oh my gosh, you know, here's this guy that looked promising, and now he is, you know, one of those guys. And so uh, it's it's a you know really a fascinating conversation here in Houston. I, saw, I don't I want saw to cut you guy. off, John. Oh, okay. I don't, John, I'm sorry. I don't want to cut you off. What? When? When did you know, though? That's a good question. When? What was kind of that rookie year moment with Burrow? Did you feel like that? As Scott asked, like that was like, hey, Burrow, this is this is the guy. Was it week one when he was bringing it back against the Chargers, or was it a little further for you? I don't know, man. I feel like maybe it was the Titans game. Maybe yeah, because they were yeah. so outmatched, and he made a lot of the crazy yeah. plays in that game. It, it, there was probably just bits and pieces throughout that rough stretch where you knew there was potential there, but obviously had a long way to go. And, you know, it was nothing like Burrow's rookie season was impressive on its own being like behind a terrible offensive line, a team that was going nowhere at the time. And obviously, you know, the offensive line then ended up getting injured, but like what compared to what Stroud is doing, it doesn't, it doesn't compare, I, I think. And I think that's right. the main takeaway here with how efficient Stroud has been in general. I saw a, a stat, Scott, that despite all the success that Stroud is having, the Texans are first in the league in terms of going run, run, pass, which Bengals fans know is the Bob Bratkowski special of just lack of offensive creativity. I, I'm curious, like, do, do you sense that the hand, that the leash is still kind of short with Stroud and they're not really unleashing him as much as they probably should? Or is that just because he's just a rookie and that, that hasn't really evolved yet? Uh, probably a little bit of both, but we have a hair of the dog feature on our site. Um, and I don't know if that's something that y'all, you know, have, you know, but basically it records our thoughts real time. And I got to the point that I was screaming this last week in the first half, stop running the ball, you know, because it's like, just signal up to the official score. We'll start on second and 10, you know, we'll just do that. And, and, but, you know, finally in the second half, Bobby Slowick, you know, took the reins off. And that's when you saw, you know, CJ you know, Stroud just absolutely go nuts. And and I saw a stat that it was something ridiculous that on first down he was throwing over eighty percent, had three of his five touchdowns, like over two hundred of the of the four hundred seventy yards on first down. So I mean, to me, I don't see any reason why we have to go back to what we were trying to do. And and I see really the Bengals and the Texans being similar in that fashion. And at least that you know the Bengals are a little bit more advanced in that they realize what they have in Joe Burrow, and they're not going to you know spend their time trying to you know establish Joe Mixon as 
this 2025 carry guy. Uh, and so hopefully the Texans have gotten to that point because I don't see any way we compete in this game if we go back to run, run, pass. Talking with Scott Barzilla with the Battle Red blog, pre- helping us preview the Houston Texans to kick off the Orange and Black Insider Thursday episode for you. We appreciate his time. Scott, talk to me a little bit. There, there's and, and John and I are going to talk about this a little more in depth after we let you go, but the Bengals are, are hurting a little bit with their two-star wide receivers. So talk to me about the strengths and or weaknesses that you have seen from the Texans secondary. Um, if the Bengals lose one or both of those players this coming week, um, that, you know, that could bode well, obviously for Houston. And uh, if they do have one or both back, I mean, how do you see things kind of stacking up? Actually, you know, it's kind of a balance because, you know, we've been without, you know, we've been without our starting, you know, cornerback, you know, um, he's been gone for most of the season. Uh, Steven Nelson was a little bit banged up this last week. Uh, we lost uh, Jimmy Ward, you know, our, our really good safety. So I see it kind of as a balance. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting because really, assuming Jamar Chase plays, you're probably going to see them, you know, either double cover him or at least roll a safety over there. So that means that whoever the Bengals throw out there is going to be single covered, you know, on a lot of plays. Uh, I'm sure the Texans are going to dial up pressure, try and get, you know, some, uh, some pressure on Joe Burrow. But if they don't get there, you've got one-on-one, you know, I don't know, you know, that that's going to be tough. I, I see that I see Burrow finding somebody, you know, to, to get the ball to whoever is playing receiver for them on Sunday. Scott, not to diminish Jamar Chase and T. Higgins' uh, current ailments, but I'm looking at the Texans injury report, and it looks as thick as a dictionary. There's a lot of names on here, um, and, and I'm curious, is that just because like the Texans are very precautious with holding guys out, or is this just as daunting as it looks on paper? If you've looked at our season so far, I think we're on our fifth-string catcher uh, center. I said catcher. Uh, Fifth-string center, maybe fourth. I've lost count really at this point. And it kind of depends on, you know, whether or not you consider Quesenberry the starter. He, he tore his ACL, you know, very early on in camp. Uh, and then, of course, you know, we had uh, Scruggs, who is not even played yet, uh, at least you know, since the preseason. Um, we had, you know, Patterson was playing some good football. He went down. So Michael Dieter, I guess it is four string now that I'm doing the math. Um, but we've moved Titus Howard to guard, which, you know, has been a failed experiment, but really there's mm. nowhere else for him to go. Uh, there's nobody else to have that, that left guard spot. So this offensive line has been pretty banged up all year. Offensively, you know, we've been uh, without Robert Woods for a couple of weeks. We've been without uh, Damian Pierce for a couple of weeks. So this has been, you know, is in that, you know, the four and four record y'all mentioned at the beginning of the season is just that much more remarkable with the number of injuries that they've been dealing with, uh, especially in offense. It's a little bit newer on defense. Uh, they've been fairly healthy for the most part, you know, missing a few guys in the secondary. Derek Stingley, they've been the, uh, the biggest one. But, you know, a few more injuries here, but that, yeah, that's to be expected midseason. I mean, you're, you're eight, nine weeks in, you're going to have some guys get banged up. It's going to be interesting, you know, seeing, you know, how these teams, you know, trade things back and forth. They play very, very similarly, both on offense and defense. So it's going to be an interesting game to watch. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Talking with SB Nation, Scott Barzilla, who writes for the Battle Red blog for the Houston Texans. And uh, good, you, you, you moved that. Yeah. We want to see your handsome face. You moved, you moved yeah. your, your, your thumb off there. Um, hey, I, I got I to tell you, you know, you just talked about the 4-4 four four record. You're talking about, you know, a, a young quarterback doing some things. And to me, this Texans, I don't know how much Texans fans um, remember this or even – paid attention to it when it happened there seems to be to me as i sit here some parallels to um you know a uh, when marvin lewis took over for the Bengals and and the rebuild there and a lot of people you know didn't maybe start that great but then all of a sudden they were scrappy they had some signature wins and they were vying for a playoff spot in the very last week of that season i don't know that it's going to be the same necessarily for the texans this year but they are in a, a somewhat weak division right um and they are playing a lot better brand of football. So I guess my point in, in talking about that part of Bengals history is to ask you about the D'Amico Ryan's effect in Houston and what you think he has done. What are some of the big elements that he has brought to this team that we're missing, even though there might still be some roster holes that need to be filled over the next year or two? I think number one, it's competence. Um, I, I can't speak to Bengals history, at least, you know, prior to Marvin Lewis, but what I can say is the last two years has been just an absolute crap show. Uh, I don't know if y'all, uh, if y'all have censors on this show, but <laughs> well, we know, we know what you meant. So it's fine. And so, I mean, to me, when they, they brought out, oh my gosh, you know, and uh, Lovey Smith was a vast improvement over last year. And that's just saying a whole heck of a lot, you know, when, when they hired, gosh, I hired that guy two years ago. The first five minutes of the press conference, you're just like, no, just no, <laughs> just no. Um, and I don't know if y'all have ever felt that way with a hire, um, but that I, I actually compare it a lot to uh, maybe not so much Marvin Lewis, but Zach Taylor, I mm. think has been terrific with, uh, for you guys. And I think what he has done, and, and I believe this, you know, every fiber of my being that so much about success for young quarterbacks are the guys who are coaching these guys up. What system are they in? What talent are they surrounding them with? But, you know, what are these coaches doing? And I think that's the biggest difference between us and the Carolina Panthers is that I just feel like we have, you know, D'Amico Ryan's has been, you know, a perfect fit for C.J. Stroud. And I don't know if everybody wanted Bryce Young on draft day for the Texans. And I don't know if Bryce Young would have been nearly, you know, as good as CJ Stroud. We'll never know. Uh, but I think those, that's the biggest comparison I can make really is more with Zach Taylor, because I think Zach Taylor was the right fit for Joe Burrow and has been so far. Well, it's looking like D'Amico is setting a good culture with, with Houston and his first draft class looks really good, really promising as well. Will mm -hmm. Anderson, one of the best young edge rushers in the game, but the Bengals have already faced two of the top four rookie receivers in terms of yards. And they're about to, to face uh, the guy who's in fifth place right now 
and Tank Dell. Just give us a quick scouting report on how the Texans use them. Is there any limitations? Is he just in the slot? Do they use them all over the place? Like, what can the Bengals secondary expect from him? I think the number of plays has been the, really the only limitation is that they tried to keep him, yeah, you know, off the field as much as they possibly could. But really, they, you know, once Robert Woods went down, that was you know out the window. He is small. I mean, there is no getting around this. Uh, the fact that he is maybe five foot five, five foot six. I think he's listed as five foot seven, but we all know those numbers are inflated. <laughs> and so, I mean, this guy is—he's tiny, but he is very difficult to cover. Uh, and so, you saw this last week, and and I think you know the Bucks had uh, a cornerback go down, and so they had to send in their backup, and that guy—they just immediately just targeted him with Tank Dell, and he could not cover him at all. And so I, he, uh, they'll try to use, you know, use him in the open field. The whole idea is to get on the ball in space. And so I hate to compare him to Debo Samuel because they're physically really such different guys. But I think that you know, D'Amico's using him the same way and Bobby Sloak's using him the same way that, that they were using Debo Samuel in, in San Francisco where, you know, they use a lot of bubble screens and things like that, try and get on the ball in space and see if he can gain yards after the catch. Uh, talking with Scott Barzilla of Battle Red Blog, talking uh, some Houston Texans, Texans against the Bengals here for just a couple more minutes. We appreciate the time, Scott. Um, I, I, my my co-host just mentioned his name a little bit, and I know you and I in our five questions exchange, um, I had asked you a little bit about the Houston Texans pass rush. Will Anderson only having two sacks, but we know that sacks don't tell the entire tale of the tape in terms of pass rush be it a team performance or individual performance. So I guess from your end, uh, the Bengals offensive line has been much improved uh, uh, over, you know, the last couple of years, but they're not a perfect unit. There have been pressures. There have been sacks. So we'll, give us your evaluation of, of Anderson, despite maybe not so gaudy numbers as compared to what your quarterback's doing as a rookie. And then of course, just the pass rush group as a whole and what the Bengals should expect this week. I think Anderson, what, what really impresses me most about him is his motor. He has a constant motor. And that's really what got him, you know, where he, you know, that in sheer athleticism is what had him dominated Alabama. The problem I think that Anderson has is when you get into the National Football League, you're not going to dominate just by sheer athleticism. Uh, your motor is going to help you make some plays. He's going to have to learn some technique. And, and that's, you know, that comes with time. And, you know, and to his credit, he is working his butt off. And, and I think he's going to get there. But I think you'll probably start seeing those sacks next year. Uh, what is encouraging is that his win rate, you know, ESPN does that, you know, hitting the win rate against, you know, the, the offensive tackles is among the best in the league. He's just, you know, that split second away, you know, from getting those sacks. And I think those will start coming next year. Also, teams are chipping him. And so you'll see a running back or you'll see a tight end in addition to the tackle, you know, uh, that they're chipping him and uh, Jonathan Grenard on the other end because our defensive tackles, while they're okay, they're, they're not, you know, we desperately miss DJ reader. If we could have him back, you could send him back to us. That would be great. <laughs> um, but uh, we haven't had a defensive tackle quite like him since he left. And, and so really that's where teams have gashed us is in the middle. And so they're able to single block those guys. And so they're able to roll, you know, that extra blocker to Anderson or to Gennard. 
and Gernard has five and a half sacks. So he's had, you know, he's had some success, but I think that's where the Bengals are probably going to uh, do the same thing. As some of those other teams and just make sure that Anderson's not the one that beats them. I did notice that Grenard had, I think, 11 pressures over the past couple of weeks. And while Anderson, yeah, is getting a lot of attention, there's going to be good matchups in the trenches. You have Laramie Tunsil going up against Trey Hendrickson, Jonah Williams against the rookie Will Anderson. That's an Alabama battle. But, Scott, the one raging question I have in my mind, I've been talking to you for 20 minutes, what's with the Saints sweatshirt? I know it's geographically close to Houston, but... <laughs> okay, uh, I'm glad you all noticed that. Uh, my wife just walked <laughs> in. Uh, my wife is from Baton Rouge, so she okay. is a huge Saint, Saints fan. And so, I, you know, they're they're my second team. Whenever the Saints and the Texans are not involved, then I'm rooting for the Saints. However, you know, she does owe me a six-pack of beer after our win, you know, earlier this season against the Saints. So <laughs> I'm looking go. forward to, you know, collecting. You're still waiting on that? I'm still waiting on that because you know, the whole thing is, well, you know, we buy beer out of our common money. So the whole thing oh. is she has to pay for it through her allowance that we allow gotcha. ourselves. Gotcha. And so that that's that's the payoff. Gotcha. Well, Scott, we've been talking to you for for a couple of minutes. I know uh, one of our listeners here, Lindsay, says, "What about matchups?" So talk to us about some key matchups. John mentioned a couple there. Um, some key matchups in this one, and where you see this one going. And does your answer, if you want to give a score prediction, does it hinge on uh, Higgins is in the game or Higgins is not in the game? Chase is in the game. Chase is not in the game. Um, or, or does that not play as big of an effect as maybe we're, we're talking that it might? I, I don't know. I think it plays as big effect. Um, I'm going to go probably just because this is what I wish. I'll go 38-31 Bengals. Okay. Um, but that's just because that's the kind of game that I'm kind of hoping is going to happen. And, and I don't know if y'all guys watched the LSU-Alabama game. Again, my wife's from Baton Rouge, so you know we were watching that game. But I see kind of a similar effect where I see the team that's able to get off the field is going to be the team that wins. And you saw in that game, LSU and Alabama are trading touchdowns back and forth until Alabama got a couple of stops. They got a key interception on a tip ball, you know, late in that game. And I see, you know, whichever team wins this game is going to be the team that kind of can get that kind of freakish turnover that, you know, gets their defense off the field. Um, and so I see a very similar game to what we played with the Buccaneers this weekend. Um, I don't see any way that our defense really is going to stop the Bengals uh, because, you know, we do stop the run well, but the Bengals don't run the ball that much. Um, I've looked at what, you know, Joe, uh, Joe Burrow has done over the last month, and he has definitely picked things up. So I anticipate, you know, him having success with whoever he's throwing the ball to. Because I think that that's more, you know, it's, it's kind of a system thing and it's a burrow thing. And so I think whoever is out there is going to, you know, catch plenty of balls for y'all. So I think the big matchup is, you know, for the Texans in, can they get pressure on burrow? Can they force him to make a bad throw? Can they get a strip sack? Can they get a tip ball interception? Can they get something, you know, that could get us off the field? And then on y'all's end, it's going to be the same thing. Can y'all get pressure on, on C.J. Stroud? You know, can you force him to make a, a bad decision? He's made a few every game. If you watch the tape, there's probably two or three balls that easily could be picked that aren't, that, you know, get dropped or, you know, something happens. So, you know, if y'all convert on those, then, you know, it could, you know, turn ugly, you know, really quickly depending on when that happens in the game. Yeah, it's a strength versus strength. I mean, C.J. Stroud is not – 
throwing interceptions and the Bengals are uh the Bengals are um you know uh I think what's the them off. league right now. Well I saw yeah, because yeah, I yeah. saw that teams opposing quarterbacks have ten touchdowns and eleven interceptions against the Bengals. That's that's yeah. darn impressive. I mean that's yeah, you know, fifteen turnovers generated. I mean that's over thirty, you know, on pace, you know, in the seventeen game schedule. Uh, you know, we're not anywhere near there, and very few teams are. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. We appreciate the time, Scott. Uh, real quick before we get you out of here, where can people, aside from Battle Red blog, uh, find your work there? I think you've got maybe a, a Twitter handle, uh, maybe in your parentheses there, but uh, where can people just kind of follow you, check out your work and, and everything you do? Oh, uh, yeah. The, in, the, in the parentheses there, that's, that's my name on Battle Red blog. And so if you look for the okay. article under uh, V-Ball Retired, um, I am on Twitter at S Barzilla, you know, fairly easy there. Um, and, you know, I'm on threads, you know, the same thing. Uh, I do also have a sub stack where I write some, you know, different kinds of stuff. Uh, Thoughts from a Native Texan is what it's called, you know, for anybody that wants to check that out. But uh, primarily most of my writing is Battle Red Blog these days. Awesome. Well, thank you for your time. And a special thank you as well from me to you, because you were way on top of the five questions this week. And sometimes it takes, yeah, as you know, because uh, you had to chase me down a little bit too. I lagged a little bit. So, so I apologize, but I appreciate you being on top of that. So we knocked it out earlier. At least for me, it was earlier than usual well, this week. So I appreciate well, it. Thank you to you too for getting those answers. I, I, well, you have to understand I'm a school teacher uh, and during the day. Oh. And so I'm, I'm, you know, big on deadlines, you know, and talking to the kids. So, you know, I, I practice, try to practice what I preach there. There you go. Anthony was doing like his homework. Classic. I know. I, I was. I was. Scott, thank you. Uh, best wishes and uh, hopefully our paths cross soon. All right. Sounds good. Good luck to you guys. We'll start Monday. <laughs> thank right. you, Barzilla. Right. Take care. Right. Yeah, Barzilla. Uh, Scott Barzilla, Battle Red Blog, good guy, good stuff, and a little peek over the fence there uh, from him for the Houston Texans. We're going to be here for just a little bit longer as we continue to preview. And one of the things, John, that we need to uh, talk about are the we, – we talked about a little bit. We'll, sh we'll share some articles and screenshots here. But the Bengals receivers are – they got – they're kind of getting one back. In Charlie Jones, sort of, and then they're uh, dealing with. We knew the Jamar Chase thing at the beginning of the week, middle of the week. All of a sudden, T. Higgins has a hamstring issue that is maybe probably going to keep him out for this one. And then we're talking maybe what, what does it look like on a short week going on the road? Right. So <laughs> the the receiver room right now will probably probably look different on Sunday uh, when the, when these teams play. So you have Jamar Chase who so, dealing with back soreness, but he sleeps in a hyperbaric chamber, according to him, and he was good enough to practice on a limited basis Thursday. It was funny because all the reporters for the Bengals were, you know, I where these guys were on the practice field. Both of neither of them came out with the rest of the team. So initially the report was, oh, neither one of them are practicing. But then here comes Jamar Chase with, with the jersey in his hand. He has yet to put it on, and then he went through his, his drills and everything. But T. Higgins, just like Chase Brown a couple weeks ago, suffered a hamstring injury during uh, the week of practice. That's not a good sign in order to play on Sunday. There was a report from Ian Rappaport saying that he's not expected to play and he's going to be treated probably in a week-to-week -week basis. So that, to me, says that he's not necessarily an IR candidate. 
but I think the odds of him playing in either one of the Texans or Ravens games is pretty low at this point, considering that Ravens game is just a week away. It's going to be a short week of practice for everyone, and especially for guys who are coming off injury. So it sucks for Higgins, especially considering the past two weeks he had more receiving yards than the first you know five games of his season combined. But yeah. this is going to be a, probably a similar situation to the Cardinals game where you didn't have Higgins. Chase is probably going to play. I think if you practice Thursday, he's going to probably practice tomorrow. He'll be, he might be a game time decision, but I would expect him to be out there. He was feeling better. And that in that Cardinals game, you had, you know, Trent Irwin and Andre Yoshevis uh, take a lot of snaps against a weak secondary. Scott was just talking about this. You know, the Texans don't really have the horses in the, in, in the defensive backfield to match up with the Bengals offense. So it might just be kind of a similar plan. So here is the quote, and this is from Laurel Fowler and Mike Petralia, who um, cover the cover the team on on differing beats. Uh, Laurel writes: Jamar Chase said he underwent an MRI on Tuesday and just has a bruised back. He is gradually feeling less sore and expects to play Sunday versus Houston. Uh, I will not play the video, but you can go follow at Trags. Jamar Chase says he's been getting hyperbaric chamber treatment, as you mentioned, John, something he started last year, extra oxygen helps relax and healing. And then of course, the other thing with that, I go follow both of those uh, folks, by the way, as well at Trags, T-R-A-G-S for Mike Petralia and at Laurel, uh, hopefully I'm pronouncing her last name correctly, Fowler, Fowler, L-A-U-R-E-L-P-F-A-H-L-E-R is the Twitter handle for her. Um, you know, the the thing with it, too, is just the, the general sleep um, that that can come with, you know, your back's hurting you. Sleep can come at a premium. So, I mean, that is just another facet to this. And then, as you mentioned, we don't have to uh, we don't have to talk about this ad popped up there. Uh, we don't have to talk about this too much. T Higgins expected to miss the game versus the Texans. And that was via a report. Uh, you said Ian Rappaport, correct? Um, so. That is not great news. Here is the tweet from Ian Rappaport at Rap Sheet. Um, he is expected to miss Sunday's game, evaluated week to week. And again, on that short week, we will see. <sighs> not not good news. And I, it, Like you said, I kind of feel for T. Higgins this year, contract year, and things just have not gone as planned. But again, it's been a lot of minor stuff, nothing that's been you know completely season-altering. So hopefully he can get back on track. And then let's just bring up the injury report before we kind of get into some uh, matchups and different things we want to get into before we hop out of here. Um, This is the injury report on cincyjungle.com as well. So oops, let's pull that back up in just a second. But Sam Hubbard did not practice, John. Um, So that is something that is a little concerning as well. Yeah, he suffered, or I don't know when this happened, because it seems like he played the entire Bills game, but he missed Wednesday's practice with an ankle injury, and then he missed Thursday's practice. So that's like, we we, we really don't need to wait at this point. He's probably going to be out for Sunday. You had Miles Murphy have arguably his best game as a pro against the Bills, albeit on a limited fashion. Joseph Asai is still, you know, kind of finding his footing. We haven't really seen a, a yeah. great game from him yet, but... It's going to be probably those two guys along with Cam Sample just kind of carrying the load at edge in that just in that rotation. It'll probably be Sample who ends up getting the start. I think they just trust him more on base downs, and Murphy is still a rookie in that regard. So I would expect both of Murphy and Asai to kind of get more snaps than they've been used to getting in these past couple of weeks because Hubbard is usually just an Iron Man out there. He he is rotated in and out of the game 
less than Trey Hendrickson, and that's going to require also Hendrickson to play a little bit more as well. Yeah, so you've got you know Chase who didn't practice Wednesday limited Thursday as you mentioned. Hubbard did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. Definitely going to have to see what happens uh, on Friday. Uh, Tupo got limited finally after missing practices last week, and then on Wednesday this week with that shoulder issue, we'll see what happens to uh, on Friday as well. Jalen Davis limited and then went full limited again for Akeem Davis Gaither. That knee issue really lingering around for him. We talked about Higgins. Charlie Jones was full practice after the thumb issue, which I think he had a procedure on. Cam Taylor Britt with the quad injury full on. But I mean, look at this Houston Texans injury report. Holy moly. I mean, I don't I don't think we need to go through everything here because that's we could have an episode. <laughs> on itself there but uh robert woods the foot injury didn't didn't practice wednesday limited um you got tunsil on the on the injury report with a knee issue didn't practice limited uh will anderson jr didn't practice wednesday limited on thursday so i mean there is just name after name didn't their kicker kaimi fairbairn quad issue didn't practice either day uh so i mean it's just name after name after name on this john well here's the thing this is like I'm not counting, but this is at least like 20 names. Um, some of them won't play, but most of these guys have to play in order to field like 46 guys. Right, right. So, so, so I'm, I'm sure like most of the limited guys are going to be active. Whether or not they play like a full game remains to be seen. But if I want to identify just one of these guys, I don't think uh, Scott said his name, but he mentioned him being out. Derek Stingley Jr. has been out with a hamstring injury, I think since week two or three. And he was just designated to return from IR, just like Charlie Jones was. Neither one of them are officially on their respective active rosters. But I, honestly, like I was really looking forward to that LSU reunion, Stingley versus Chase in this game. Yeah. And we might not get it if Stingley doesn't play. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm Since Fairbairn's on here twice, uh, I counted 22 total names um, looking <laughs> at this. So that's a lot of players. That is a lot of players. So I guess... The main question for me in this one, John, would be, look, I mean, with the Bengals injuries, especially to important players, we're talking about potentially not having T. Higgins and Sam Hubbard. Uh, maybe you get Chase to play, but, you know, how close to 100% is he? And then you've got this game, as I've kind of said on a couple of shows, sandwiched right in the middle of two primetime games, huge ones, one that's a win, and then another one that's looming that I know this team feels like they got to have based on losing to them earlier this year. I don't know, man. This just is like shaping up. I, I don't want to say trap game. I don't want to say any of that kind of stuff, but I, I, there's just a lot of elements I don't like about this game for the Bengals. It's, it's those old feelings kind of creeping back again, right? Because I got PTSD or something, man. Bengals PTSD, uh, you know? It's not, it's not only just, you know, the weaker opponent, but it's also the, the Texans, I guess. Um, even a few years yeah, ago, like the, 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 Brandon, the Brandon Allen game, like Deshaun Watson played really well, but, um, you know, Sam Hubbard came in clutch, who's not going to play in this game. Wow, it feels like a long time ago. It's like mm -hmm. almost three years ago, and both teams are drastically different now. But no, I, I'm, I'm kind of in that same train train of thought i think we can now expect the Bengals to just show up for these games against you know the best opponents in the biggest settings and these are the contests where it's kind of more up in the air but i think the main thing to think about like yes the texans have a, a bunch of deficiencies obviously with their health with their defense just with a lot of you know offensive line issues as well cj stroud is still playing like he's still playing really good football um scott mentioned that he has been putting the ball in harm's way i think he's officially has eight turnover worthy plays which is a little bit actually 
it's not that even that far off from Bryce Young, who has a lot more interceptions. So there might be some interception luck coming with CJ Stroud's way. Maybe that goes the other direction, but I think he can still move the ball down the field against most defenses. And that may not lead to points because the Bengals, they specialize in keeping guys, keeping teams out of the end zone, despite maybe some successful drives. But I think Stroud is going to play. He's, he's going to play fine. Like I think Tank Dell versus really any of the Bengals quarterbacks is going to be very interesting to watch. I'm sure he's going to get separation at times and Stroud's going to be looking for him. So I, I still expect the Texans to put up points, but I'm not quite in the uh, both teams are going to score 30 range exactly. Yeah, I don't know if I'm if I'm there either. Uh, but Scott Scott shot his shot, you, you know. So let him do his thing. Um, yeah, I, you know, I look at this and you go, okay, well now that the spotlight is much heavier on Trey Hendrickson potentially if Sam Hubbard is not in there to make impact plays, he has an ankle injury. Yes, Laramie Tunsil is on the who he will be going up against is on the injury report as well, but. Uh, Trey Hendrickson has had an ankle issue um, that I, I think it's or a foot, you know, it could be lingering a little bit, but not a huge, huge factor, at least not um, as, as opposed to the big splash play the week prior. But the spotlight's further on him now because of the injury to Hubbard, right? And then you've got, uh, you know, potentially younger wide receivers, other guys down the pecking order that need to step up. Thankfully, Yoshi has proven that he can kind of do some things as well. Maybe this is Tanner Hudson week again if T. Higgins is out, yeah. right? Um, you know, you need that big target, the big catch radius, even though he doesn't have the speed or the, you know, necessarily the downfield capability that T. Higgins has brought over the course of a handful of years. Maybe this is a, a good week to again integrate Tanner Hudson if if indeed Higgins misses time. It that's that's a great point. Um I think we've just been always transfixed on the receivers and how that impacts the offense just because of how much of a non-factor the entire tight end group has been this year. And you can even go back to even last year, like Hayden Hurst was fine, but it was still revolved around those, those three receivers. When we had this conversation about Jamar chase missing four weeks and T Higgins had to step up and how the offense is going to look. Then they managed to survive that. I think they will be okay in surviving Higgins's absence, especially now that you have Tanner Tanner Hudson in in the fold. I think you can just accept him as like a, as a capable starting tight end who, especially against good matchups, can have good days. Like he he's clearly earned trust with Burrow. I don't think the trust is necessarily lost between Burrow and Irv Smith. If you watch the mic'd up, clearly Burrow has a thing for Irv Smith. I think he was really happy for him to have that touchdown. And I think there's still like he wants to get him involved as well. It'll be interesting just to continue to see how those two kind of work symbiotically, whether on the field at the same time or one of them rotating in and out for the other. So I think there's still there's still ample confidence in this offense moving the ball and, and scoring now that Burrow is where he is. And that wasn't the case a few weeks back when Higgins was dealing with the rib and you weren't sure if Burrow was there. And the fact that, again, like this Texans defense, like it has it has some names. I'm sure uh, Grenard and Will Anderson are going to find themselves in the Bengals' pocket every now and then. But like this is still a secondary that, you should be able to attack for most of the game, regardless if Higgins plays or not. You probably won't. It's a it's a lot of tug of war of strength on strength or weakness on weakness, that sort of thing. As we mentioned, the Bengals are second in the NFL and in, in netted interse- interceptions. Uh, you know, Stroud only one thrown this year, maybe a few other opportunities for others. But I mean, overall, the stat line says he's taking care of the ball for the most part. And then, of course, you've got. Trey Hendrickson, Laramie Tunsil, strength on strength, right? Um, you've just got other facets. Uh, maybe not so strong 
cornerback group, but a potentially depleted wide receiver group with the Bengals, albeit still talented. So there's a lot of tug of wars here. Which one's going to win out? Which one's going to win out? And again, where this game is situated, I know I, I, I unknown said it here. I know, I know, I know I shouldn't go back. I shouldn't revert to this, uh, to the Marvin Lewis. I get it how they fall into this team doesn't fall into the trap game thing, at least not as easily as other teams in the past. But uh, let's talk about where you see this one going. You said you did not see this being 38-31 Bengals, John. Where do you see this potentially landing score-wise? Again, I think the Texans, I think they're going to have some success in this game. I think Stroud is just playing too well to be completely shut out. Like I, I Again, I'm not expecting him to light the world on fire like he did against the Bucks. This is still a remote defense for the most part. Um, I'm going to say the Texans get the I'm going to say they get to 19, 19 or 20. I'll, I'll say 19. And the Bengals are at, I I kind of like the Texans maybe backdoor covering this game. I think the spread's at six and a half or seven or so, or so like that. So I'll say Bengals 24, Texans 19. I guess one off of what it was last week. Yeah, I'll, I'll say um, Bengals, you, you had 24, 19. Is that what you said? Yes, because like, I don't know if the Texans have a kicker either, like, I don't yeah. know what that situation good is. Point. So extra points, two point attempts are going to be fun to watch. For sure. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. Um, I will say 27-23 Bengals. I think Texans cover as well at this point, especially if they're if the Bengals are going to miss at least two of the three of Higgins, Chase, and Hubbard. That, I mean, that's an impact. That's good. That's going to make an impact on the game. Now I do think if the Bengals, whether they just win the game outright or if they if they you know win by a sizable margin with a number of star cast characters uh, missing, you know I think that's that I think that's going to speak volumes as to how much growth this team has made in the past handful of weeks and and where they may be headed. So um, I, all in all, I think you know if there's a chance if the Bengals feel that there's a chance that Higgins is back for the Ravens game at all. Um, I think, and, and they feel that, you know, there's no way he's going to be playing against the Texans and you rest him and you try and do everything you can to get him healthy for that game. So uh, regardless, I think we both feel that the Bengals win. The Texans probably cover. That is our take on it this week. And our thanks to Scott Barzilla of SB Nation's Battle Red blog for joining us and helping us get some inside info on the Texans. We're going to drop the mic and get out of here. John, what do you have for us, my friend? Well, first of all, deja vu. The kiss of death was broken last week. I picked the Bengals That's to beat the right. Bills. That's and right. That Put a stamp actually on transpired. It. I don't know if it's going to happen two weeks in a row, but it's not a hundred percent success rate in that regard. So, kiss on that. A big, uh, a, a a a high percentage in a very small sample size. So we'll take it. You know. Yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> nothing much. I guess shout out. I, I like to bully him sometimes on Twitter, but I guess shout out. Uh, Joe Goodberry and his much more attractive brother Glenn for appearing on um, Inside the Jungle, like the Bengals doc. That was pretty cool to see a guy who's been very critical, fairly, of the Bengals kind of get the spotlight on them. And just this whole 15 or so year journey covering the team in his own way to to get that spotlight. That was pretty cool. Cool. Yeah. Shout out to to both of those guys. They're good. They've been good buddies to us, at least from me from afar and known them for a long time. And uh, yeah, good to see all the, all the cool stuff that Joe does. He's a fun follow on Twitter for sure. And a smart, smart dude. Um, I'm going to shout out someone as well. And that is going to be uh, Marty Bannister, who I've been on his show a couple of times, not only this year, but um, in the past, he's now with Fox sports in Dayton. 
uh, Fox Sports Radio in Dayton and uh, was on his show this week talking some Bengals. He's always cordial, um, talks well about, you know, what you and I do on this show and on, on Cincy Jungle, et cetera. So um, go give that a listen. I, it was the Wednesday afternoon show. Um, it was kind of more sort of drive time-ish radio, I think, Eastern-wise. It was like 3 to 5 p.m. So go check that out and uh, appreciate his uh, cordial nature to us and having having me on, having us on. We're going to get on out of here, though. Just a, another reminder before we do, go get a, this show along with many others on the Cincy Jungle, Cincy Jungle Podcast channel on your favorite audio streamer. Subscribe to the YouTube channel underneath John there. Click the show icon, subscribe, click the click the bell, click the thumbs up, do all the things. And of course, go give a thumbs up on the Cincy Jungle Facebook page. Keep it to cincyjungle.com. And my guy, John, over at A to Z Sports, both of those sites. Keep it to both for all your Bengals coverage, news, opinions, analysis, podcasts, videos, all kinds of stuff. Check it out. Our thanks to Scott Barzilla. John, thank you. We're going to get out of here and let's hope the Bengals just get through this one based on everything. No TJ Yates. No TJ Yates. No. Oh, oh, God. Let's not end on that. Come on. Come on. <laughs>